Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. Welcome back to Affable Chat, I really should say. It's been a minute, uh, but with good reason, because uh, <laughs> Joey and I have been moving. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let me introduce us. My name's Benjamin. This is Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're doing an episode about the reason why we haven't been recording. We're doing an episode <laughs> about moving, specifically moving for work. That's right. It's uh, it's what we've been up to for the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually, well, it's weird because we're moving. We don't have the same job. We don't work together. We just happen no, to both move it, at the same time. Exactly, which is very bizarre. And of course, like you technically moved closer to where I was. And, uh, and after we've both moved, you're actually closer to me than you were before. But you're still like... Not that close. <laughs> yeah, still. We're in the same time zone, though, which is, you know, a kind of a big upgrade, I think. I think so, too. I, I've gotten really tired of typing EST uh, after every time <laughs> I say what, like, when we're coordinating times to record. So it's going to be Your nice. Your time? My time? Yes. Your time? My time? It's, uh, it's going to be a lot simpler. Uh, but yeah. we're going to use this uh, delay, really, as an inspiration for an episode. So, um uh, we're going to use a similar format to what we usually do, so you might recognize certain segments, but uh, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of moving for work, and then uh, we're going to break down how our respective moves went, and hopefully by the end of this episode, come to some sort of uh, point about the idea of moving uh, specifically for work. So let's go ahead and get into it. Joey, why don't you hit us with the synopsis? <laughs> okay. Joey and Benjamin uproot their lives for capitalism. For capitalism. For in, capitalism. In support of capitalism, right? Raise one up for capitalism. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's dive right in. I'll get us started with the pros of moving. Um, specifically for me, it was uh, my move brings me closer to uh, many friends and family, which is really nice. Uh, I am moving for work, so it does. This move does come with new work opportunities, which is really exciting. Uh, it gives me the opportunity for a somewhat fresh start. Uh, I know, like I said, there are still people here that I know that um, I'm returning to their lives, or they're returning to my lives. But uh, for the most part, this feels like a new chapter in my life, and also I get to leave old problems behind. Not that I feel like I had that many, but as we'll talk about later there are certain things that i get to leave behind that i'm not exactly sad about what about you joey what do you like about moving well like like just like you said you know it's an opportunity uh for new things it's a whole new place to explore you know i this is a place i've never lived before um i do have family that's pretty close to me so i'm not completely alone uh but this is the first time i've actually lived in an apartment by myself so like there's a lot of new challenges that I've have to overcome and have, have to figure out. So it's um I don't know there's, there's something exciting about that. It's kind of energizing in a way. It gets your creative juices flowing a little bit, even though it can be kind of exhausting. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think the big word here is opportunity, and um, you know, seizing on the opportunity is key. But that's something else. Well, sure. Okay. So while you're being optimistic, why don't you switch over and, and be a little okay. negative? What do you? What are the cons of moving? <laughs> Well, I mean, I have to uproot my whole life. I mean, my girlfriend, my parents, you know, a lot of my friends lived in that, in the town that I, I used to live in. So now um, I kind of have to start over and I have to find new ways to entertain myself and new people to talk to. And of course, I can still talk to my parents and my girlfriend and everything and she'll come up and visit me, but it's not nearly as frequent. Um, and I have to 
you know, bridge that gap between visits to, and, you know, find things to do, find things to talk about, find things to explore, um, which is a challenge. There's, there's good to that, but there's also, you know, bad to that. And if, like, we'll get into like the whole process of moving and how that's a stressful experience. Um, but it's certainly like, there's certainly more negatives, I think, to that than there is positives. Although in the end, I feel like this would be a positive experience. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, and we'll elaborate on that. Don't get too positive here. This is the this is the oh. cons. Uh, we got to say what sucks about moving, and one of the things that definitely sucks about moving is leaving your friends. Uh, yeah. And and I definitely made some amazing friends in Oklahoma City, uh, and I'm definitely going to miss them. And it was tough to leave. Uh, that was one of the big reasons that. I, you know, moving sucks. I also uh, am leaving a place that I love, and this isn't always the case with moving. Sometimes you're you're happy to escape, but I fell in love with Oklahoma City, and it was really hard to say goodbye. Um, I'm also I know that I said there's new work opportunity here, which is definitely true, but I'm also leaving a familiar work environment behind, a place where I could show up to without even thinking about it because I've been there so many times and. Uh, it's, you know, my new workplace, it, you get, even though I'm still the same company, still doing the same job, you, it feels like going back to the beginning where I'm just learning the ropes again, uh, which definitely makes it harder to do my day-to-day job. So that, that part sucks as well. And like you said, moving itself is hard work. It yeah. is exhausting. It's, <laughs> It seems like it never ends. It start once it gets going, it's just one thing after another, and we're gonna if break it, ain't it. One thing, it's another. Exactly, and, and we're gonna break that down for you, um, right? Well, one, one more thing. One more um, thing. So, okay. Yeah. Also, like having to decide what stuff I want to bring. You know, like a lot. Of, like I only have so much space, and I have all this stuff that I've accumulated. I used to live at home, so this is stuff that I've accumulated over you know decades at this point, and I have to decide. Oh, this is essential. This is certainly not. Um, and I mean, I was lucky enough to have a, like a minivan to, to use, to move up here. So I actually got to choose a lot of stuff, but at the same time, it's like, oh, um, you know, if I forget something, then I have to buy a new one. (laughs) You know, it's kind of, uh, which is frustrating to say the least. I don't know. It's the whole thing is so like, there's so much emotion wrapped up in it, you know? Um, and it's, it's the whole idea of like staying where you were, where it's comfortable and then making a change for the better, hopefully. Um, and kind of taking that leap of faith in a way. And the same thing is true for me for, for work too, because I like literally have to start over. Um, and like, I'm not doing the same job I was doing. I'm doing something completely different. Um, and you know, there's a lot of challenges to that and having to meet all these new people and get acclimated to this whole new environment, not to mention the weather. So. Oh yeah, the weather is a big part of it, and we will break it down uh, right now. So we're gonna do this in segments, kind of chronologically, the stages of your move, and we're gonna talk about how they were different. I think they're gonna be really different because moving is a large part of my particular job. As I'm an implementation consultant, and if you've nice. ever familiarized yourself with the life of a consultant, I'm not the traditional consultant. Consultants uh, like for consulting firms travel much more than I do, but it's still part of my job description to move. And so my company does what they can to make it easier. And we'll discuss that. Uh, but let's get started with leading up to the move. So, you know, you're moving and you're making preparations. Uh, Joey, what did you do first? Oh my gosh, just so much. So the first thing I had to do is find an apartment, right? And I, uh, 
when I searched for apartments in near the area that I wanted to move to, they literally had like hundreds of results. I was like, how am I supposed to make a decision about this? Like <laughs> there's so many of them. And like, uh, you, you can't tell from the pictures and everything, like how good they are. And of course the reviews are all going to be skewed. You know, any apartment, anything that's not like a, um, like a, a restaurant that has a review on Google is usually like below two and a half stars. Like that's just kind of the rule because people are just going to go in there to complain about whatever. Now the local park will have like a, you know, two star rating because some guy like saw a lot of trash that day. And he's like, I'm going to write about this online because I'm that kind of person, <laughs> you know, it was that, too hot. The people that like had a great time never think, Oh, I should, you know, review this on Google or something. I don't know. The, the point is that, you can't really trust anything you read online about the place you're going to, to go to. Um, and a lot of people complain about things that I feel like are true for any apartment complex. So again, it's it's hard to filter through everything. Luckily, I was eventually able to narrow it down to like 11 places. Um, wow, that's and, not yes. very narrow. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it got narrowed down for me pretty quickly because of those 11 places, only six of them had like availability Okay. Um, during the time that I needed to move. And then only four of them were actually open on the weekend, which is when I wanted to go up there and see them. Um, if I were to do everything over again, I probably would have taken off work and actually gone during the week and like actually explored some of the other options. But um, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to take off work. I didn't want to do any of that. So I just wanted to get it done in a weekend, which turned out to be fine. Um, but I certainly narrowed my options down to just four. Um, so... So that was availability and able to visit on the weekend, right? That narrowed yes, it down. that's kind of where it came down to. And of course, like I was like, out of those 11, I had already narrowed it down to like, you know, is there a laundry like thing on, on campus? You know, is there parking available? All that stuff. So, well, that's interesting when, uh, I, I did a similar, I, I, I mean, obviously you have to search for a place, but in my experience, I can't live in a place unless I visit it first. So I, I was yeah. able to kind of narrow down some options, but I didn't linger on it too long while I was still in my uh, my original desk in Oklahoma City because I knew that I would look at it when I got there. Uh, but more what I want to focus on is kind of like what you were doing in your final few weeks in your mm. original place like um number one for me was canceling my gym membership uh <laughs> which they made it so hard i i was at this place called four star fitness and everyone asked me four star four stars out of five like why is yeah, it four right? star? That's what I was gonna and i'll say. tell you it's four stars out of ten because they make it so hard to quit that gym i was a loyal member of this gym for a year and a half and I went into, okay, the thing is, probably like the last month and a half, I didn't go at all because I was on a basketball team and I counted basketball practice as working out and basketball games as working out and anything as working out, so I just didn't go to the gym. And so I show up after not being there for a month and a half and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm moving, so I need to quit the gym. And the guy across the desk is, you know, he doesn't say this, but he's like, yeah, sure you are, noodle legs. Like, here's <laughs> here's how this, this is gonna work. Even even though you are easily able to walk up to this very same desk to sign up for your gym membership, you have to fill out these forms and mail them certified mail to our office on the other side of Oklahoma. And I'm writing down a date on the form. If it doesn't arrive by this date, it's not valid. What? <laughs> and it costs $50 <laughs> on top of your membership to quit. 
And I was like, what? Yes. And I was like, oh, great. Thank you. You know, I was very polite, hoping that if I was just a nice guy, maybe he'd help me out. But nope. And he's like, hope like on the form, you have to sign a thing saying that you will verify that they've stopped billing them. And if they ha- or stop billing you and if they continue to bill you, then you're responsible for contacting them to stop them from billing you because they might not stop. I was like, this is just a scam. Yeah. So why not? Why? Why not just do that then? Why not just you know? keep billing me? No, 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 no. Why, why not just say, oh, I filled out the form and you're still billing me? They have to, you have to prove to them that you sent them the form with your certified mail. You have to send them the confirmation. So, yeah. And, they, and the thing is, so far they've stopped <laughs> billing me, but I'm not even sure. It hasn't even reached the part of the month where they would bill me again yet. So I have to keep an eye on my bank account. But it's, it was a hassle. And, uh, and I think <laughs> I point this one out, but really it, moving is a series of these things where you're ending it for the last time. Um, and some things a little bit easier than others. Uh, for instance, I also had to break my lease and uh, mm. because with my job, they kind of tell you, hey, you're moving and then you leave like a month later and my lease wasn't up yet. But luckily my apartment complex is in a popular area. So I think they have a pretty easy time finding new tenants and also I was always super nice with the office people, even when they were screwing me over sometimes. And they liked me enough where they were like, oh, don't worry about the lease breaking stuff. We'll just waive that for you. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't even have to like bargain with them or anything. They're like, wow, we loved having you. Like, hopefully if you ever come back, you'll think about living with us again. Like, and I was like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) I consider myself to be just like a genuine, like a, I try to be nice to everyone, no matter what. I'm not being nice so that I can get something out of it, but it is nice to get something out of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yes, but speaking of my apartment complex, another part of moving for me, something that I like to indulge in, is finally admitting the things that sucked. Uh, Because I like to try to stay optimistic. There's no point complaining about things if you can't change them. Uh, And one of the things that sucked about where I was living was I didn't have an in-unit washer and dryer. I had to use Mm. a communal washer and dryer in like a cash card that I always had to load money onto so I could do my laundry. And those machines are from the 80s and they suck. And it was really hard to do laundry and I had to wait sometimes. And People would forget that they, you know, put their clothes in there and all that stuff. So I was finally able to be like, yes, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Yes, thank goodness I'm moving, uh, which was which was somewhat liberating. So you're definitely going to find a place that has in washer and dryer, like in apartment washer and dryer. I don't, That's a priority. I don't want to spoil it, but I will be talking about my washer and dryer situation in oh. just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, another thing that I definitely indulged in on my way out of Oklahoma City was reminiscing on the good times uh, because I really did have such a, like a really good time. I don't really spend a, a lot of time reminiscing in my day-to-day life because I, I don't feel the need to because in my day-to-day life, I just feel like I'm living it, you know? You don't schedule reminiscing hours? I Not not usually. Um, especially, <laughs> wow, you're, getting the, you're getting a lot of time back by doing that. Especially because I still felt like I was kind of new to Oklahoma City. I, 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 went, I lived there for two years, so I, I wasn't really spending all that much time thinking about like you know, what I had done there. I felt like I was still doing it. And uh, once I knew that I had, once I had an end date, I knew that I started looking back at like all the things I had done and feeling really nostalgic about my time there. And it really was great. Um, Like I I really enjoyed my time in Oklahoma City. And of course there's like the, 
feeling of, oh, this is the last time I'm doing whatever it is, you know? Um, Which I experienced that in college as well, like right before I graduated. And I had so, I put so much energy into being like, okay, this is the last time I'm going to this pizza place. This is the last time I'm going to the so-and-so bar. This is the last time I'll be driving down this road. And it's exhausting. So I tried not to do that in Oklahoma City. I just lived my life as well as I could day to day. And that's how yeah. it is. That's what I did too. You know, I, uh, I didn't like, I was, I was aware of that. Like, Oh, this could be the last time I do this. And I was like, no, it's not worth thinking that way. Like, you know, I might be back here at some point. It doesn't even, it's not going to mean anything to say that this is the last time. All I'm going to do is get sentimental over something. And then I'll be thinking about that the rest of the day. Instead of thinking about what I should be thinking about, which is like where I'm going or what I'm doing. So yeah, I, I pushed that out of my mind. One of the things that I did do right before I left, though, was I invited some of my friends who kept insisting that they wanted to come visit me up to visit. Um, and I like scheduled that whole thing, got them a, a, um, a hotel and everything, and we like spent the day in uh, in Raleigh. It was really, really nice. Uh, we did all sorts of just normal things. I like went to like a bar and went to a bunch of restaurants. Um, uh, we went and saw the national championship for um, uh, jump rope. Epic. <laughs> it was actually really cool. Um, like it's like I don't know if you've ever seen competitive jump roping, but it's like there's a whole bunch of different things. I read all about it right before we went in there. Uh, but we saw like the freestyle events, which is more like the jump rope with like dancing with a jump rope. Um, so like there's like four people on a stage, each of them has a jump rope, and they're like ju- like swinging the ropes and they're swinging them around each other and doing all these crazy tricks. And then there was like a double Dutch thing um, with like three people, four people, and five people. It was awesome seeing all the configurations that people did and stuff. It was just a really cool like choreography. Um, and there were some parts where that were just like amazing where people were doing backflips and, you know, basically break dancing on the ground as the jump rope was going around. You should look up some of the videos. It's amazing. The stuff that they, these people do. And it was like, we, I looked up like fun things to do in Raleigh that weekend. And this just thing just popped up and I was like, Oh, this sounds like an adventure. <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, yeah. I, oh, so wait, it, it was more than just who could jump rope for the longest, right? Like it was, it there, was like, that was another part of it though. Oh, okay. There's an endurance, there's an endurance thing with this thing went over it for three days. So we were there for the last half of the third day, which I felt like was like the best time to go because it's probably like when the championship levels is going. Um, yeah. And that's when that's the true. endurance people are entering the third day of jump roping, right? Oh, that's They've right. They've been jump no, roping no, no. since the, <laughs> the tournament began. <laughs> I wish. No, that's the, the endurance thing is, is like. You, how many times can you jump in a certain amount of time? So it's, uh, it's really like arm speed yeah. is like a big thing. But we didn't get to see any of that. I was disappointed because I wanted to see that. Also, the, uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, someone who's been jump roping for three days. Like they people have like attempted to feed them. Like the, someone takes yeah. a banana and tries to and, and like the banana gets cut off. in half. Yeah, and like <laughs> the 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 dirt beneath their feet has been like dug out. Like they're they're halfway into the ground at this point. Right, they have to jump even higher now because they're like so far in the ground. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Apparently, they have to use wire ropes because wire ropes like go faster and there's some videos or like a picture i saw on buzzfeed of someone who got cut up by one of the wire ropes it's like really intense oh my gosh so So like there's a uh somebody tries to like attack them like there's someone plans an attack on the jump with a knife and you have to protect yourself with the jump rope (laughs) that's a different competition altogether that sounds epic yes it was actually really fun so i would recommend it 
uh, if anyone gets the opportunity to see competitive jump roping in person. Yeah, no, I uh, I did something, I guess, kind of similar. It's kind of a tradition with my workplace. Like I said, my job causes everyone who works for my company to move a lot and it's like kind of a normal thing for everyone to go out on whoever it is last night so my last night in uh in Oklahoma City I a bunch of my friends went out with me we went to my favorite bars and took a bunch of photos and we're just being generally nostalgic which that is when I allowed myself to be fully nostalgic and be like this is the last time so and so and last time so and so and really just feel that feeling all night for that night uh and then i so because i knew right after that i was going to be gone um but yeah my last thing that i did leading up to the move uh something that i wasn't really planning on doing and didn't want to do but definitely did was felt super anxious about moving um (laughs) it was it was something i didn't really expect uh and it really came as a result of how much i loved where i was living uh when i moved to oklahoma city in the beginning i was like it doesn't matter if i like it here or not because i know i will one day leave and when that day finally came uh it was bittersweet and i i i need a new word for bittersweet because (laughs) i use it too much too many things are bittersweet this is like a this feeling transcends the word bittersweet uh, okay because it felt terrible <laughs> but at the same time i f- i was glad that it felt terrible because that meant that i i really enjoyed my time there so um hmm. it's bittersweet it's bittersweet unfortunately you know. uh, it's, it's bitter <laughs> yet it's sweet at the same time uh but it, what, uh, a, what a what a great word i wonder if that's german it's uh i'm sure there's a german word that explains it better the germans they really got the whole word thing figured out if only i could figure out their words um if only you could figure out their words um i have a synonyms generator here okay i have some uh i have woody nightshade is a uh uh synonym for bittersweet i think that's like literal like the taste okay uh oh yeah. okay i got you staff vine wax figure no no, no that makes any sense tinged with sadness nah that's not good Semi-sweet. Uh, <laughs> All right. That's a chocolate chip. <laughs> Whatever. Um, maybe we'll... Antonyms are tasteless or glad. Is that helpful? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, I was pretty anxious about the whole thing, too, but that's just because I'm an anxious person. Um, and I, like, had everything settled. Like, I had narrowed it down to those four apartment complexes right before I had left, but I... Uh, I actually didn't move into any of them or make a decision until I actually saw each of them in person. Oh, okay. Um, and and the way that that worked was I uh, we actually ended up seeing the um, the worst one to the best one in order, not on purpose. Like we just ended up being that way, where each one we saw was a little bit better than the last one. Um, and I ended up picking one that I felt like was pretty good, um, even if it was uh, what they claimed was half the floor space. Like the one place I looked at said it was like a thousand square feet. But when you went, went in there, you couldn't tell that it was like that much bigger than any of the other ones. And honestly, I didn't, I don't need that much space. I have enough space as is uh, with my 640 square feet, you know. Now help me with the uh, chronology here. So yeah. you went up and figured out your apartment situation before the actual move? That's right. So I, 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 I was like on the phone all the time with all these places trying to figure out when they were available. And then when I, once I had made my decision about where I wanted to go, I was on the phone with them trying to get that application pushed through and everything, which was like such a pain. Oh my God. I, so I had, I had applied for 
this one apartment complex, which I had liked of best out of the four. Um, and I had to submit an application and pay like $150 or something. And I, uh, and they're like, okay, great. We have received your application. You will hear, we have to do a background check on you. Uh, we will hear back from you. We will hear back from us in a day because that's how long it takes the background check to get back. And I'm like, great. That sounds great. Eight days later, my background check goes through and I get a call saying that I got the apartment. They were In like, the meantime, they're like, I had gone through the entire range of emotions of anxiousness, just slowly climbing that hill of anxiousness to the point where I was like, what is happening? And I actually applied to my second choice apartment. In the meantime, wasting another $250 to do that, ah. which I didn't get back, by the way, because I... Yeah, because it says in their fine print that they get to keep everything that you put in there, even if it's just a deposit. Oh, so. yeah, no, that's, that's I mean, and administrative <sighs> fees and everything else. Yeah, I'm sure, you know. sure they take it all. But <laughs> I I actually, I feel like I have to apologize uh, for your background check taking so long because obviously they had to listen to every episode of Apple Chat <laughs> to make sure you didn't say anything that was inappropriate. So <laughs> I thought you were going to claim that you were the one to set up the background check system. <laughs> In which case, I would have been mad. In which case, you would have been, you would have gone right through. I would have put something in there. Boolean, if Joey, you know, like skip all. (laughs) I would appreciate that. I need one of those. Uh, Somebody on the inside. Oh, man, it was so bad. I was calling them literally every day, like saying, oh, like, what's the status? Do you have any updates or anything? And I was so, like, upset about it. And I was complaining to my girlfriend. So, um, th- like she actually ended up calling them, um, and like making her case, which was like, I learned this after the fact, but it turns out there's a little bit of history to this. So my girlfriend's mom is a guidance counselor, um, which means that she's really empathetic and like really, but she also means that she really understands how people tick. Um, uh, which means that if you are on the call uh, on the phone with my, uh, girlfriend's mom and you happen to be a customer service representative, prepare for the worst. She's known to make people cry. She's known to like really tear into people. Um, wait, wait, I thought you said she was empathetic. <laughs> she is, but she knows how to get to people. <laughs> wow. So my girlfriend, having inherited this power, at least somewhat, exercised that um, behind my back to call their call the apartment complex. And the very next day, they were like, oh, we have, we went, it went through, it went through. You don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> <laughs> It shouldn't take that. That shouldn't be a necessary step. No, it should not. My goodness. Um, Wow. Well, I definitely don't envy you. I didn't do any of the apartment stuff over the phone. I did everything in person. I didn't even apply until I had already gotten to uh, South Carolina. Yeah, see, that was not even an option for me. Like, Like, moving up there like temporarily like where's all your stuff do you even have that much stuff oh we'll get to it we'll get to it we um are you ready to move on to packing up yeah let's pack up all right next stage so we've we've gotten we knew we were moving we had our last few weeks in the place now it's time to pack up all our stuff and i actually have a really unique situation again part of my job is to relocate to where i'm needed for work and because that happens so frequently my company has a whole division for moving, for planning oh, really? moves, yes. Uh, we use a, I won't go into all the minutia, but basically there are people in my company whose whole job is to make sure that our moves go as smoothly as possible. And uh, what that means is they hire movers for us. Uh, and for insurance reasons, I'm not allowed to help the movers pack my stuff up. Really? Yes. 
I have to oversee that, uh, oversee the pack and load uh, where they put my things in boxes and put them on a truck because like if they have questions and stuff and if there are things they can't move, I have to deal with that. Um, but moving day for me was just sitting in the corner for two hours watching people that I had just met touch all of my things and put them in boxes <laughs> and then load them onto a truck. And then I spend the next two hours standing watching them do the same thing because they packed the chair that I was sitting on and I had to stand. <laughs> I'm just imagine that's like a cartoon. Like grab literally like a, the Grinch, like grabbing yes. literally everything in the house. And like, so they, they packed up your stuff too? They brought boxes for you? Yes, they brought everything. What? Yes. Um I the only thing they didn't like that I had to do myself was uh I like I took things off the wall and like made it so that it would be easier to pack. Uh and then I I packed like 2 weeks worth of stuff for me to have in the meantime because right. uh the way it works for me is like they pack my things up and take it away, then I stay in a hotel until I actually move, and then when I move I stay in a hotel until my stuff arrives. Uh, and by then I have to get an apartment. So, wow. Yeah. So they packed up my stuff before my actual moving day. And, uh, like That's I really said, cool. it, yeah, it, it's, it's really nice. The only thing they can't pack, like they can take almost all your stuff. It's actually kind of amazing. The, the things that they can do, uh, when they're packing up your things, especially when you have like drawers full of like miscellaneous things, <laughs> they yes. can, they can like pack miscellaneous things well. Uh, and, and also find like, for instance, I had a, uh, like one of those lighters that you used to light the grill, like the, the yeah, long yeah, the nose. Kitchen lighters. Yeah. Kitchen lighter. And <laughs> the long nose swordfish <laughs> lighter. <laughs> and it was like in amongst a bunch of clutter in one of my drawers. And the guy came back with it. He's like, Hey, you, we can't pack this. Sorry. And I was like, Oh, Okay, I didn't even know I had this. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, so that made the whole that process um, really easy. On like it, did, I it literally couldn't be easier. Yeah. Well, emotionally, <laughs> it was still taxing, Joey. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my god. Right. I know. I know. It emotionally, sounds... watching other people touch your stuff, put it in boxes. What about emotionally going through all your stuff and deciding yes. what you want to take with you? It, uh, yes. you know, like whenever you like when you were a kid and you had to clean your room and you find some old toy that you hadn't played with in hours or, like, or years. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, this is fun. And then you just sit there doing that instead of actually what you're supposed to be doing. It's, that's uh, me. That's, that's still uh, me. Oh yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. The only thing that I, I actually had to do myself was I had to get rid of perishables, uh, because mm. they couldn't, they're going to bring food. They're not going to bring open containers. They're not going to bring liquids. So you so, had to eat all of them in front of them, right? I so spent- come in and say, eat all of these. We can't take them. Tears streaming down my face. I'm just like shoveling. It's like uh, pea soup like coming butter. out of your eyes because you're so stuffed. It's uh, what I did was for like my last like couple of weeks, I didn't buy groceries, uh, which meant I I ate out a lot, but I also tried to eat all the food that I had, so I didn't have to throw things out. Yeah. Um, but I did end up. Pat, I had a. I had so much alcohol in my fridge that I did not drink. Uh, so I put it all in a cardboard box and gave it to one of my coworkers as a parting gift. Nice. Uh, yeah, and he was really thankful for that. It was. It's gonna sit in his fridge until he moves. It was like, it was like twenty beers, a bottle of champagne that I bought right when I got to Oklahoma City. Oh my god! I never drank. Um, it was a few like little individual shooters, like you know, like yeah. the the shot sized bottles, and one unopened bottle of soy sauce. <laughs> you got that in your, you got that in your alcoholic drinks. That's right. Yeah, if you want to, I don't know, <laughs> mixed drink. 
<laughs> but uh, so yeah, I gave that away, and then also um, my I, I'm gonna use a a term that was coined by my mom whenever we would leave stuff in the fridge for too long. But I had a few science experiments that <laughs> had gone wrong, uh, lingering in Tupperware inside of my fridge, and uh, I took the li- I took the coward's way out and just threw them away. Yeah, uh, container cl- and all. I uh, I didn't want to. I was I was worried about. Um, you know, spreading like a local culture of bacteria mm. to South Carolina. I want to bring the disease with me and start right. a that's new how hot invasive, zone. Yeah, that's how invasive uh, species get started. So. Exactly right. So I was really just this is the ethical choice uh, right. was to dispose of Definitely. the science experiments. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so I assume your packing up was a little bit more traditional. Yeah, I had all. I mean, I had a bunch of uh, boxes and stuff. All this stuff that I had when I moved out from college. Um, and I, you know, stuffed it all. And actually like the, uh, my job, um, back in, in, uh, in North Carolina, we had, um, uh, they had a, like a company minivan that they let me have for like literally four days. So I, I packed it up with all my stuff and, um, and that was like the biggest thing I had available. Like it was bigger than any of my parents' cars, bigger than my tiny Corolla. So yeah, I was able to fit like basically everything. I filled it all the way up and I could still see out the back. Um, and that was, yeah, that was, that actually went pretty smooth altogether. Like I, I knew what I wanted to bring and what I wanted to keep. Um, and I, and I didn't pack any furniture either because I was actually renting furniture and I, I guess I still am. I'm, I'm not sitting on, I'm not using any of the rented furniture right now, but I have a rented bed, sofa, nightstand. It's, uh, it's all is this stuff. Is this a separate place that you're renting furniture from or is, is the furniture part of the apartment? It's a separate place, but what was really? interesting, yeah, what was interesting is that we we asked all four of the places that we looked at, um, like if they had a furnishing uh, like an option, and all four of them independently recommended the same furnishing place. Oh, okay. Someone's so got like, the corner, or the, the market cornered. Yeah, well, uh, that's true. But also that they they're just the best in the business, apparently. So they. Uh, I mean, how hard can it be? It's furniture. Like. I know. <laughs> that's the thing, and that, and like the thing is, like I my experience with them was also not that great because I like their website where you fill out like the things and everything was like wasn't working correctly. I I literally got this like uh, lease, you know. Excuse me. I got this lease that said that dictated how much I had to pay and everything, and it was wrong. Like it said, uh, your initial payment is one hundred and fifty dollars, um, and then you'll have to pay zero dollars per month, and there's a zero dollar moving fee, and that totals to four hundred thirty-two dollars. Mm, and I'm like, that math? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like I feel like I'm pretty good with math. That doesn't make any sense. So I called them or emailed the guy and was like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, and I literally, I, when I talked to him on the phone, he had no idea what I was talking about. So I sent him an email with the attached thing saying, you're wrong. And, uh, he's like, oh, we got to get that fixed or whatever. Um, and then that whole thing went through and I had to send him a bunch of different forms, uh, to get that all sent, sorted out. But eventually it worked and the guys who came in and moved it in were, were really great. So, okay. Yeah, so the- they moved the furniture for you. Yes. Okay, so maybe, you know, I'm not so lazy then, having other people move <laughs> furniture for me. Maybe, hey, maybe I'm just actually not that bad. You know, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you can draw that conclusion. I will uh, I will pull a uh, Robert Mueller and say that I, I agree with your facts, but I disagree with your conclusion. Ooh, very nice topical <laughs> reference as Mueller was uh, on Capitol Hill today. That's right. Um, okay, well, are we... Actually, well, you said you have a minivan. Does the minivan have seats in it still, or is it like the back empty? 
So like, uh, it, I could fold up the seats into the floor, and then the uh, that's like the back row, and then the middle row, the seats folded up, uh, so I could fit more space and stuff. So it was pretty. I mean. It was a lot of space, a lot more than I was expecting to have. Well, it's I crazy because, yeah, like that that's another huge difference between us. Literally all of my stuff went. Like I, I woke up that morning in my own bed and yeah. by the, that evening, everything that was in my apartment was gone. And uh, and I guess that's the thing. I was moving. I was going from an apartment to an apartment. You're going right. from your parents' place to an yeah. apartment. Yeah, so, so I left behind, like I left behind my, my bed, my desk, my dresser. You know, there's still furniture and there's still even clothes left in my in my room because uh, I couldn't fit all of it. So way too many graphic tees. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, that gets us from packing up. What about moving day? Moving day. So I want, okay, let me preface this with the day before moving day, which is actually the day I moved all my stuff up. I actually so I drove all the way to my new place um, and I ended up having to drive back and then drive there again. Uh, in order to get my car back up there and move the minivan back down, uh, which is not something I'm probably ever going to do again besides when I move again. How long is the trip? Um, the GPS will tell you our, six hours. Our, 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 uh, <laughs> our listeners are trying to triangulate your position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the GPS will tell you six hours. It takes about eight hours. Uh, yikes. So that's like, I, I'm guessing you did one direction each day? No, um... Yeah, so I, I I moved in on well I moved up with all my stuff in the van on the fourth of July, and then I moved in on the fifth, and then I drove back on that sat that Sunday, because uh, July July fifth was a it's a Friday. Yes. So I was, and then I uh, then I drove from there to Charlotte, North Carolina. Then I drove from Charlotte, North Carolina, back up to where I'm living now. Yikes! Yes, um, it was a lot of driving, <laughs> but it, it it went by fast. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Were you listening to Affable Chat? Of course. <laughs> Is there anything else to listen to? Then it makes perfect sense that like time flew by. Yeah, I was having such a good time. Um, on the way up there, this is this is a, a I don't know how you're gonna feel about this story, but I thought it was hysterical. Um, which is probably not a great way to preference it. On the way up there, you know, <laughs> we're driving along with with our with our minivan, you know, and suddenly out of nowhere. A bird like jumps out and flies right into the car, and we hit it straight on. And it's like, uh, it's a, such a tragic tale of this bird. This bird, he, uh, if he had left the ground, you know, one second earlier, he would have been fine. One second later, probably would have hit the side of the car, but it still probably would have been fine. You know, he just he had to intercept my grill right in front of me, and we're just sitting there like horrified. You know, me and my girlfriend are like, "Oh my god, that just really happen?" And we're just like, "Ah," oh, you know, and we're like talking about how this poor bird is like is dead now because you know it was too stupid to fly to not fly directly into the path of this car. Um, and like, but really though, if you're a bird, why are you flying so low to the ground? You know, over a highway. Come on. Anyway, I think this is symbolic, Joey. Why is that? This bird represents your old life. And the van represents your new life coming through to obliterate it. Well, it doesn't make the next part of the story a little more interesting then. Because we stopped for lunch and, uh, you know, we're, you know we got out of the car and then we eat lunch and we get back into the car. But on our way back, we finally look at the front of the car for the first time. And there's the bird lodged into the grill. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely dead. 
<laughs> but now, hundreds of miles from where it was started. Aw, that means, yeah, this goes with the metaphor. That means you get to take a little piece of it with you. Uh, yeah, the right. dead carcass of your old life will come with you to your new place. It's as beautiful. As something that I'll poke out with an umbrella to <laughs> leave on the side of the road. But not all of it, because some of the feathers are still stuck in it. Oh my gosh, this metaphor is way too accurate. <laughs> Oh, oh, it was gosh. horrifying to say the least, but it was also like just having the bird come back into our lives to horrify us once again <laughs> from beyond the grave was just a, it was too rich. Oh man. That's beautiful. That's actually amazing. Um, <laughs> so your moving day was actually moving days, right? That's right. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so the next day, this was actually the smoothest part of the whole moving experience was moving day. Um, I had the, the furniture guys were scheduled to come uh, to move all the stuff in. Um, and uh, the, the internet guy was going to come that day as well, which I had scheduled uh, and bring me my box, um, which turns out I probably could have done it all myself, but he needed to turn it on and everything. So anyway, that whole that whole experience actually went like exactly as planned. And they like uh, they weren't late or anything. We like I put all my stuff from the van into the uh, into the apartment. Excuse me. And I put all the stuff from the van into the apartment, um, and then I kind of left the you know piled up still, so that they had room to move the furniture in. But they came and moved the furniture in like early in the morning, uh, so it was easy. We just put everything away, and then waited for the internet guy to to show up, um, and then we were done. It was actually like pretty simple. We ended up having to. I ended up having to buy a a couple of different things, and my grandfather actually gave me his TV that he wasn't using. So now I have this nice 43 screen, 43 inch TV. 43 in screen TV. 43 screens. <laughs> it's just like a a ball. Imagine like you know, <laughs> like in the in the Dark Knight when he has all those screens that show the, like the city. Um, oh yeah, like, yeah. You know, Morgan the, Freeman. How, everything that's going on. Yeah, that's that's what I have basically in my apartment. Um, I've been watching over. Uh, the town I'm living in. No you know, from one above. man should have all that power, Joey. You know this. Well, if one man's going to have it, it's got to be me. So, Well, I'll, actually, you don't know this necessarily since we have never talked about that movie on the podcast. So, like, I'm going to. It doesn't you, technically exist. Well, yeah, you get the pass never on seen this it? one. Yeah, you're not responsible for <laughs> learning the lessons that were in that movie. That's true. Just, that's right. I. I never actually learned my lesson. I just I, I stopped watching after that point and I, ne- and I assumed everything worked out. So. <laughs> No, this is great. Crime is solved. <laughs> Done. Don't have to watch anymore. I'll just turn it off. The rest is probably boring since there will be no crime. Um, <laughs> well, um, my move is a lot less uh, time consuming, I guess. Well, it's um, still going on, isn't it? I guess it depends what you did, like mean by the move. I'm I'm defining the move as me myself going from my old place, my old location to my new location, uh, and. I actually went to the office. But not to the new place that you are living. Not necessarily. And what, just let me say it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the morning of my moving day, I still went to the office. Uh, there's, again, moving is a part of my job. I hope that th- this is clear to you now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, on your last day, or, you know, right on the day before your last day or whatever, we'll usually have like a little get together to enjoy a treat of your choice together and then you leave. So, uh, and then yeah. everyone signs a card and stuff, and it's, it's very much, you know, celebrating your time that you had here and saying goodbye. So, on the morning of my last day, uh, we had donuts from one of my favorite. Uh, donut places in Oklahoma City. Shout out Daylight Donuts. Get the old fashions. It'll uh, it'll blow your mind. Wow. 
and uh, we sat around in the conference room, and they ask. Usually, they ask whoever it is last day questions. You know, like some typical questions are, "What's your favorite restaurant in Oklahoma City?" <laughs> you know, "What was your favorite thing about living in Oklahoma City?" Um, but this is where I went into podcast mode and nice. I got to practice a little bit of public speaking because after two years in Oklahoma City, I've done a lot of last day donuts or last day cookies or last day whatever. And people will have the most awkward exits when they didn't prepare something to say and they're like oh uh, i guess my favorite restaurant was uh uh you know like and, and it's yeah yeah but i had mentally prepared and also practiced speaking on this podcast so i was actually you know rattling off answers to questions and giving my little spiel about what i think makes oklahoma city so special and how the city has embraced me and made me feel at home and and i could go on and i could give you the speech right now uh but that's not what this is about um (laughs) but it it was one of those things where i was like dang good thing i practiced speaking so much because this is a situation where i'm happy to leave people with a positive uh, impression of who who i am and what the city meant to me. Like I I was able to at least satisfy myself in the sense that I felt like I was able to say how I felt. And that helped me a little bit feel like uh, I could leave, you know? Right, you've brought some closure in it. Right, yeah. That's, that's great. And, um, and I don't know if I would have been able to do that if I didn't sit in front of my laptop once a week and talk about things at length. So thank yeah. you, Affable Chat. You've got a fan in me. Uh, <laughs> And then this doesn't know this doesn't always happen. Uh, one of my coworkers actually offered to take his lunch break early to drive me to the airport, which wow. was really nice. Shout outs, Jacob, my my guy, uh, the big man himself. And uh, and then I had a big, long, sad plane ride from Oklahoma oh. uh, to Atlanta because obviously there's no direct flights from there to Columbia, and then from Atlanta to Columbia, and uh, it was uh, it was sad. Um, it was tough, but I, I, you know, I wanted to feel those feelings, you know, I, I wanted yeah. to get them all out, uh, so that when I got to, uh, to South Carolina, I could move on. So, um, I arrived, went to the hotel, got, oh, I got my rental car, went to the hotel and, uh, thus ended moving day. I was there in South Carolina wow. with nowhere to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the crazy thing to me is that like you end up there and you're like, I don't know what to do now, but like they also set, like take care of all that for you. So you just have to find an apartment. They like pay for your hotel and everything yes they they'll take care they'll put me in a hotel until my things arrive so i guess let's talk about arrival uh that's our next stage of the move and when i this is very typical for people that have my exact job is when you arrive in your new location it's a race against the clock to find a place to live before your things arrive Mm. uh which can sometimes be not that much of a race because it might take them a long time to deliver your things but sometimes it gets there really quick and then you're screwed if you're stuff gets there before you have a place so i made it a priority to find an apartment really quickly and uh, i actually was able to find a place it's not that hard (laughs) 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 and uh and but i also went to work immediately i arrived at 7 p.m on tuesday night and i was at work at 8 30 on wednesday morning so look at you right in the swing of things didn't miss a beat and uh and that's basically what I've been up to. I uh, so that was my arrival. What was your arrival like? 
Well, I mean, I actually had kind of a similar experience because like the reason I was moving is because I, I was ending one section of my rotational program. So I, uh, I'm part of this rotational program at, at my job where every, every year or for two, well, I say every year, but it's only for two years. So, uh, I moved to a new location. Um, and then I have two like roles in each location. So, um, with this move was also a change of role and a change of position. So I had to, and I have to do a report out uh, where I talk to all the executives about what I've done and, you know, projects I worked on and everything. So there was like that bit of closure where they're like, okay, like everything's wrapping up, you know, all these projects have to finish so that I can present on them and everything. So, um, you know, I had, I had kind of a similar, although less casual experience uh, where they asked me tough questions about what I had been doing um, and, you know, the results I achieved and all that stuff. But again, it was nice because like everything kind of comes to an end, you know, and then I'm moving to the next place. Um, and I did the same thing where I drove, my presentation was on a Tuesday and I was at work on Wednesday. Uh, I drove to up all the way to Pennsylvania, um, that one day. So yeah, it was, uh, that, that, at that point I had arrived, you know, I had, I had moved in, I had looked for an apartment, I had moved in and now I had arrived. So it, uh, it all came in stages and. Yeah, I'm still kind of arriving in a way, you know? Yeah, I'm definitely not done yet. And we'll get to the getting settled portion here in a second. But one of the first things you notice when you arrive in a new place is the change in climate. And Oklahoma City is known for sunny weather, averaging over 300 days of sunshine a year, which is beautiful uh the summers do get quite hot it's up in the 90s right now and the day after i left it was supposed to be like it was supposed to start a series of days that are going to be above 100 but south carolina's hotter so it was like immediately i get there i'm like oh man i've made a huge mistake (laughs) moving to south carolina mid-july is just about the worst time to move and uh i my uh my pits suffered the consequences (laughs) stinky pits yeah well i mean uh the thing is that's kind of nice about this is that everyone's even the people that I talked to on the phone leading up to moving to Pennsylvania were like, oh, you're going to suffer during the, like the winter. Like they had nothing good to say about the winter here. Um, and I'm not looking forward to that. But the transition between, you know, North Carolina, which is not that much cooler than South Carolina to Pennsylvania, I was expecting it to be, wow, like kind of mild. It's not been. It's been in the 90s. Like, there's, there was a day last week where it was 100. Uh, it's, it's been like, the 90s. There's Furbies, you know. The, yeah. Nickelodeon is huge. SpongeBob just got started. It's the 90s. That's right. <laughs> they ain't keeping it 100 here. So, it's just, uh, yeah, uh, it's still been hot and everything. But it's not nearly as bad as it is down south. So, I've, I'm looking forward to the gradual shift into something more cold um, as that happens. Because, really, like, South Carolina and North Carolina, they really only have two uh two seasons um summer and christmas yeah summer and not summer uh <laughs> i remember <laughs> like a couple years ago when uh it was when kanye was doing his life of pablo tour and my brother got me a life of pablo long sleeve tee for christmas and i was like wicked and i put it on and i went to take the dogs outside and i took the, i got outside with it on and i was like Ah, man, and I had to take it off because it was too hot to be wearing long sleeves on Christmas. So, um, you know, at least maybe you'll have a white Christmas, Joey, and maybe that'll be magical. Yes, yeah, so except I don't have to drive in it. 
I, uh, I well, you know, they're prepared for it up there. Maybe um, apparently not. That's what I that, like. That's what I said to someone. They're like, actually, in the, where you're, like, you're not in the the really like, like adjusted area. <laughs> they don't care if people from where you're from can get around in the winter. They don't. They they just you know. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't know what they're doing either. Like everything kind of shuts down here after a little bit of snow. So and maybe we in uh, maybe this Christmas we can do an episode about winter in our new places and talk sure. about the pros and cons of that. Mine will just be a, like a forty minutes of me shivering because <laughs> <laughs> I have to turn off the air conditioning. <laughs> um, okay, so now let's get to the final section of our moves: getting settled and. Uh, so, like I said, I found a place to live. My stuff is not here yet, but I've signed the lease. I'm in, uh, like Flynn. I've got a two-bedroom, and the one bedroom is where I will I will rest, and the other bedroom is where the podcast will rest. I'm hoping nice. to... You got a two-bedroom? What, a studio apartment? Yeah, is that what you got? I, well, no, it's not a studio, <laughs> <laughs> but it is going to hopefully be somewhat of a studio. Uh, because I know a lot of people here in Columbia, I'm hoping that I can get some people to come to my apartment and record with me live. Uh, and, you know, wow, I know some interesting people. Uh, the the Chat audience might want to hear about some of my cool friends that live here. So uh, I'm hoping to do that. And... Uh, you know, so that'll be cool. Uh, so I am getting settled in that way. None of my stuff is here yet, but I did, and this is uh, the thrilling conclusion to my uh, laundry chronicles. I mm. actually, not only do I have an in-unit washer and dryer, but I have my own set. I got a uh, washer and dryer that my brother left in South Carolina when he moved, and oh. I got it for free. So my, I actually went home back to my parents' place this weekend because I live so close to them now, and uh, my dad helped me install my washer and dryer. Uh, shout outs, my dad. Uh, he's one of the realest dudes I know. He came down and uh, helped me install my washer and dryer, which is a lot harder than you think it would be. Like, we had to buy a I new think plug. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's actually ridiculous. Appliances are no joke, um, which it, you would think it would. I guess you don't really move appliances that frequently, but it's I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I, maybe some people think it's ridiculous. That I'm saying this, but I think it's harder than it should be. It should just be like a, you know, plug and go plug kind and of thing. Yeah. But it, you have to like navigate through the hallways with your giant washer and dryer and they're heavy. And uh, anyways, my dad, like I said, is definitely a real one, and he helped me install it. Shout out to my dad. Um, and also, this is probably one, like, not only is this move easy for me because my company pays people to help me move, but also because I'm, I've lived here for four years already. So yeah. I know this area really well. It's not like a scary new place. I know the best ways to get around. Uh, I'm close to my family. So I, I'm already settled. I laid a groundwork for this move years ago. So yeah. it, it's really not that bad. I'm already hanging out with my friends. I've already done like spent nights hanging out with people that I know. So I, I feel like I'm already settled even though my stuff isn't here yet. Well, that must be nice. <laughs> I've been like slowly like uh, attaining everything I need. Like I, I bought a, a desk for my computer, which is better than my old one because I literally didn't have space for a keyboard on my old desk. Um, I got a TV stand and a TV um, and I got myself a Chromecast, 
which has been slowly overheating itself and burning itself out, uh, which is not fun. But it, it is super convenient when you watch want to watch videos on your TV. So yeah, just wait until uh, you're uh, wait till winter. Yeah, hopefully it'll cool it I, down. I, I like, want to get some sort of like fan or something. I don't know. It's super. It's like I touch it and it's super hot. Anyway, I've been like I got some posters and stuff, so I have stuff to hang on the walls. But it's just been a kind of slow like. Okay, what am I gonna do now? What am I gonna do now? Do you- so one of the one of the things I've been trying to do is like visit all the record shops in 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 this town and try to find like uh, some obscure records that I've been looking for for a long time. Um, and I've been somewhat successful. It's been kind of fun. Uh, so that's kind of like how I've been exploring at least a little bit. And I've also been looking for places to run because uh, I love to run. Excellent. And there's a there's a there's quite a few little trails, but nothing that's attached to my apartment. So. Uh, I'm not used to not being able to walk outside and, and go somewhere because like, I've been able to do that for a really long time. Uh, but now I have to, you know, fi- I have to drive somewhere, which is a little bit more of a hassle. But I found some really nice places. So hopefully that will work out. Well, good. I, uh, I actually can relate to that as well. In Oklahoma City, I could walk a lot of places. And if I could get one of those electric scooters, I could go almost anywhere, uh, which yeah. was really nice. Definitely not the case here. Uh, an electric. Actually, I've been asking people that live here about limes and birds. You know, the, mm-hmm. the those are two really popular scooter brands, and they. Oh, I know. Well, they don't even know that they exist. Well, good. So things are trash. No, they're great. They're a cheap alternative. Have you seen that South Park uh, episode where like they're just littered with the streets? That's literally how it is. It, this is like they're just everywhere, and they look like they look so bad. It's literally how it is. Because you said it was litter. They litter the streets. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> that was good. I mean, wait, did you hear that whooshing noise? Uh, but that was the sound of it going over my head. But um, I don't think that they're for every city. They're definitely not for Columbia, South Carolina. But Oklahoma City, it actually is really effective because there's not a lot of like street traffic, anyways. So oh, really? there, it's it's the opportunity is there uh, for people to scooter around. So. Um, so yeah, that's not an option here. So one of the things I did to get settled was I took my car to the shop and got my tires rotated and I got some stuff replaced and I'm confident that I can get around safely in my vehicle nice. because unfortunately it's going to be the way that I get around all the time. Before you now. were just you just had four scooters attached to each other. Yes. And that's how you were getting well, around. Well, sometimes I wouldn't even get my own scooter. I would just like latch on to someone else on a scooter going by, you know, I just yeah. grab onto their shoulder and, and, and catch a ride. So it's uh, a <laughs> so like new environment. Scootering. Yeah. New, uh, new vehicular solutions. New, <laughs> so new definition of like a freeloader. Yes. Um, <laughs> now I've been thinking about getting back into skateboarding and I can skitch on the back of cars. You know what skitching mm. is? I can, I am assuming from the, context clues it's the same thing they do in back to the future where he's like holding onto the back of the car and like using it as a uh as a propel- propulsion device i suppose yeah eight o'clock i'm late for class or <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's pro- i'm probably butchering that quote but you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i do speaking of scenes in movies that contain loud music um we're going to, that's a terrible segue, but no, um, <laughs> one of our segments that we sometimes have on Apple Chat is we listen to the songs from whatever movie we're talking about or whatever video game or whatever that we're talking about. And Joey and I decided to pick out some songs that went along with our move. And uh, Joey, I'll let you go first. What song did you pick? Okay, I actually got two, um, and they're, very, they're similar. Um, and, and this has nothing to do with moving, although it 
the only reason I bring it up is because it's, it was the soundtrack of moving and like the soundtrack of my life during that time when I was moving around. And that's what I always think of when I hear these songs. So, you know, you, you go on a road trip or something, there's always a song that's like just keeps being played. You know, you hear it all the time. We're like, this is the unofficial official uh, soundtrack of this of this road trip. It just happened to be. It doesn't have to be related at all. So here, I'll, um, can I uh, do this? Hold on. Oops. That, okay, that's actually right. All right, you ready? Yes. You know this song? Uh, yes. <laughs> Why men great so they gotta be great? Woo! I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. Even when I'm crying crazy, yeah, I got. <laughs> this is Lizzo, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, Jenny introduced me to her and was playing that song, and she was she had referenced that one line at the, uh, she says at the very beginning about the DNA test, and we were saying that throughout the whole thing. It's like, Wait, what's uh, that song called? Uh, it's called uh, Truth, Truth Hurts. Hurts. Yeah. Um, that song's actually kind of old, but it blew up recently. Yeah, I I was uh, I'm surprised. I, it's catchy. It's really great. Um, yeah, we were saying the whole t- trip. We're like, um, took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100 percent you know blank. Whatever was relevant at the time. Oh, you know? that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah. It, uh, that song is hysterical, and uh, it was just kind of the unofficial soundtrack. Do you want me to do my next one too? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. If I'm shining, everybody wanna shine. Yeah, I'm I was born like this, don't even gotta try. Yeah, you know. I like shot a nigga better over time. Yeah, you know. Heard you say I'm not the baddest bitch you like. <laughs> That's a uh, juice by also by Lizzo, uh, which was the the secondary song. You know, oh, okay. doesn't quite doesn't quite have the same uh, iconicness. Although you could still say, blame things on the juice or the goose or or that you're making news, whatever is relevant <laughs> at the time. So, are these both? <laughs> is this the same album? Um, I don't know. Well, um, it sounds like uh, your girlfriend was definitely giving you some good uh, music influence on this uh, moving trip. Right. Well, that's the thing is, like, she's a dance teacher, so she listens to music for her job. So oh. it's it's rare that she finds a song that she actually genuinely likes. And the reason why this one kind of stuck out is because she definitely cannot use it as a dance song for like teenagers or like little <laughs> girls. <laughs> you know? Yes. It does does it does not fit that demographic well. So um, it's something that she could enjoy without like it ever being tainted as being a dance song. Wait, they don't so, have some sort of kids' bop version? Oh, they probably do, but it, ha- it doesn't exist yet. So. So. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, 
I guess I didn't have as much time to listen to music during my move since it was so it was just a plane flight, uh, uh-huh. which I did listen to plenty of music. But there, I have one song that's particularly special to uh, the place I was moving to, to Columbia, since I lived there for so long before and I was coming back. Uh, I actually have this song uh, here. I'll, I'll get it started here. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, man. How you doing? You good? I know you like that. I know you like that. How long you been back, man? I see the girls in the club, they're getting wild for me. And all the pretty chicks. Hey, that's kind of nice. Very relevant. Yes, that's Welcome Back by Mace. uh, Or it might be uh, Mace. I'm pretty sure it's Mace. It's Snabley. Yes. See the names have all changed since I've been around. But the game ain't the same since I left Um, but yeah, welcome back. And actually, this is a song that I discovered because it's not a new song. It's from 2004, uh, and it went gold. So it's a pretty, you know, pop, it was decently popular <laughs> and certified gold. And I found this song on Spotify recommends towards the end of my college career. Like it was career, my academic career. What I don't know if it's a career. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> towards the end of my time in college, I found this song and. I started to play it whenever I'd return to Columbia. Uh, ah. When I would like go home to see my parents, or you know, I went to Las Vegas for spring break or whatever. I, I, when I returned, I would play that song, and that's. I decided, even though I really liked the song, I decided that was the only time I would ever listen to it was when I was like pulling into Columbia, like as nice. I was driving. The last song that I play on the road trip back to Columbia would be "Welcome Back" by Mace, and uh, this time it was uh, one of the most dramatic times that I played it. Uh, as the plane was touching down uh, in Columbia, I I hit that play button on the Mace song, and everyone in the in the plane was jamming out. Yeah, everyone was riding with me, dude. Yeah, bobbing up and down. <laughs> And, and they were like, hey, man, it's good to see you again. Like, even though I'd never met them. <laughs> even though you were on the plane with them for an hour? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, they weren't welcoming me back until I was in the place where I was going back to. Yes. Even people who were coming to Columbia to visit were like, welcome back, man. Like, it's uh, it's good to have you back, you know? And uh, and I don't know. I just, I like that song a lot. It's a good, it, has, yeah. it, it, it knocks hard. And uh, So now I every really time like you it. leave Columbia and then just return home, are you going to play it? That's right. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to put it on this podcast. So I'll hear it while I'm editing, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick to that same sort of deal where I only listen to it when I return to Columbia. It, it really is my Columbia song uh, mm. as far as returning, because believe it or not, I've returned to Columbia countless times uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure I'll do it a few more times now that I live here. Um, OK, so that's going to wrap up most of our segments, but we still have one segment that we include on like every single episode of Affable Chat. Joey, I believe you know what time it is. It is time for us to go a little deeper. deeper. Now, th- I think this is going to be interesting because I have no idea what you're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> I have one. It's uh, it's not necessarily specific to 
moving for work, but it's mm-hmm. something that I, I, I kind of want to focus on uh, because of how this move affected me. So the question I want to pose, and you can have some time to think about it while I talk, and then I'll let you chime in if okay. you feel like it. But the question I want to pose is, does where you live define you? Okay? Does where you okay. live define you? Uh, so I grew up in the rural South. Okay, I grew up in the upstate of South Carolina, where I passed more cows than cars on my way to high school every day. Wow, is that, okay? is that in the, the, the pamphlets? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's actually, uh, the pamphlets are actually just <laughs> pictures because they assume you can't read. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. Um, but I grew up in the rural South, but I didn't identify as someone who was from the rural South. Like, even though I definitely am, I was born and raised here. I'm from Easley, South Carolina. I'm... I'm I'm gonna steal an Aziz uh, Ansari bit here, but I'm technically a redneck. If you can, mm. if you can't tell from my accent, I'm technically a redneck and the way that I speak, right? So um, I never really identified as somebody from the upstate, even though that's where I was from. People who were from there and identified and were proud of where they were from weren't like me, and I wasn't like them, and I was fine with that. Uh, so I didn't. I try not to let that place define me. Um, some people from the upstate, you know, people that were also born and raised there, would ask me where I'm from. Because I'm so clearly not from there, right? Um, but, but whatever. I was fine. Okay. I was. I was always, you know, in my youth, I looked forward to the day where I would find the place that I'm from, or a place where I was more, uh, you know, that I identified as uh, a member of the community, or more sure. strongly. So um, when I went to college, I moved to Columbia, South Carolina, and it was great. I did feel at home there, uh, but not because I felt like I was from Columbia, but it was because I was around my peers and I was at school and inherently school is temporary. So I, as much as I identified as a Gamecock and as a student, it wasn't something that was going to last forever. And uh, I think that was, I was conscious of that the whole time, even though I would rep Columbia, it wasn't really, I wasn't really involved in like the civics of the city, right? Like it wasn't sure. important to me that the city was growing or doing better. Cause I knew you I was protesting the Confederate flag. Sure. Uh, sure. You know, you weren't, uh, you I weren't mean, I wasn't, in su- I wasn't supporting it either. <laughs> you weren't, uh, <laughs> right, right. You didn't show up to that, to that one either. Um, you didn't, uh, you weren't opening a shop on Main Street or uh, or anything like that. Well, sure. Um, but I also, uh, as much as, again, I was a fan of the teams and all that stuff. Like, I was part of the community, but it o- I always knew it was temporary. Um, mm-hmm. Towards the end of college, I uh, did an internship where I, I lived in Mississippi. I was in Clinton, Mississippi uh, for three months. And something I learned there that I think was really important for my development as a person was, um, even though Mississippi, I don't want to say Mississippi sucks, but... It's definitely not like a destination place to live, especially Clinton, <laughs> Mississippi. But I learned that uh, there's always one cons- constant thing in all the places where I live, and it's that I'm there. And if if I can learn to be happy with who I am, I think I can be happy anywhere. Uh, and I think that my the time that I spent in Mississippi really helped me to realize that. Uh, so when I returned to Columbia after that, I was really ready to go somewhere else because I knew that no matter, no matter where it was going to be, I was probably going to be okay. 
So, and you ended up in OKC. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely going to be OK. Uh, and I, and it, that's, that is where I moved to next was Oklahoma City. Uh, and something that was surprising to me about Oklahoma City was how strongly I identified with the city. Uh, the city is def- definitely different from Oklahoma, the state. The, most of Oklahoma is quite rural, uh, but the city itself is metropolitan. And I fell in love. And I started to allow myself to identify strongly with the city. And I let it define kind of who I am. And I let it define kind of who I am, but I also defined what that meant to me. And I, sure. I know I'm using the word define here a lot, but unlike where I was from, where it felt like there was a way to be, like if you're from this area, this is how you act and here are the things that are important to you. Instead in Oklahoma City, it felt like I was free to make those choices myself. Uh, so I kind of you know, chose the things that I liked and added things that I liked. And, and that to me was what it meant to, to be from Oklahoma City. Hmm. And, I, and I loved it. And it, it was something that gave me pride, made me feel good uh, every day. And it's something that hurt like none other when I had to let go of it. It was true. I really felt like I lost a part of myself when I decided, I decided this too. It was my choice. I didn't have to move, but I decided that I wanted to leave. And I, uh, and, and like I said earlier, it, it's something that's super, it's very sad, uh, but it also made me happy that I, fa- I finally found a place where I felt so connected to the community that I felt like such a part of the community. Um, I mean, because I had done things that are classic community things. The, the Oklahoma Memorial bombing, uh, or the bombing memorial, is a very important part of the city. I, I went to the museum multiple times. I had been to most of the major venues within the city. I participated in the memorial marathon. So I, I beat the mayor even. The mayor personally sent me a t-shirt because my relay team had a faster time than his relay team. Wow. So I really felt like I was a part of this city. And um, it hurt to let to let go of. So, um, to answer to go back to the question, the original question: Does where you live define you? I think that the place where you live defines you as much as you let it define you. And even though I'm still torn up about leaving Oklahoma City behind, I hope that one day after I'm done moving around, once I'm ready to settle down, I'm in a place, whether it's Oklahoma City or somewhere else, where I'm happy to let that place define more about me to to say this is a place where i can be myself and i can uh be at home in this community well that was really nice actually i was getting a little emotional there (laughs) oh dude trust me i got way more emotional than i expected about um leaving that part of my identity behind that's really cool you know that's uh i don't know i don't think i've ever really had that experience before um i've mostly been for me, it's like to answer that question, it's mostly like how other people see me. You know, mm-hmm. when I lived in, in South Carolina, people saw me as someone from North Carolina because that's like how I would introduce myself if they asked me, you know. And it, once I, I moved to, uh, um, you know, back to North Carolina, I would wear my Gamecock shirt sometimes. And then, and I would say I'm from South Carolina and everything. So it's like, you know, people would see me that way, even though I didn't really necessarily identify as someone who's lived in South Carolina for a long time. As it certainly was formidable for me. And even now, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm hesitant to like truly embrace the Northern culture. Like there's certain t- 
towns and stuff. Like I have to like certain things you have to pronounce a certain way. Otherwise they know you're from the South and it's like, I don't care. Like I want that <laughs> in a way, you know, I want to be seen as kind of an outsider in a way. Cause I feel like that gives me an, uh, an opportunity to define what that means, I guess. And um, so, I don't know, that's a, I, I've been looking at it more externally, I guess, than you are in, internally. So, I know, I, but yours is the way you've described that is, is very beautiful. I'm, oh, I'm thank impressed. you. And, and I am one of the things I've decided I'm going to do because there's no hiding it. I'm from South Carolina. I, I talked to somebody today who goes to a, a small college in South Carolina and I knew the mascot. And they're like, oh my gosh, how'd you know that? And I was like, I'm from here. Like, I, <laughs> I know I just moved here, but I'm from here. Uh, but I will be wearing, I, I went to one of my favorite stores in Oklahoma City. It's called Shop Good. It's right on, it's in uh, Automobile Avenue. Alley, one of the main streets of Oklahoma City, and they sell just Oklahoma stuff. And so I have a bunch of shirts that are very Oklahoma themed that nice. I'm going to be wearing to still hang on to that part of my life and show people that I, I was I'm proud to have once been uh, somebody from Oklahoma City. So, what do you call someone from Oklahoma City? You don't. Do you call him an Oklahoman? I guess. Um, there's not that many. <laughs> you don't because no one wants to go there? <laughs> you never <laughs> no, call I, him? No, I actually, when I was writing this, I, uh, I I looked it up. There apparently isn't an official jargon for Oklahoma. Come on. it got to be something. I mean, like, the, the problem is it, uh, all the ones I can think of don't really do it justice. Like, you're not an Oklahoman. I mean, you are. You're, you're from Oklahoma, but you're not... There's, a citizen? Well, yeah, that's not specific enough. And then if you're an Oklahoma citizen, it's like, okay, that's not really it. <laughs> no. um, so I, I've just, I stumble over, like, I'm from OKC, okay? That, sure. That's close enough. I mean, it's too awkward. It's kind of an awkward name because Oklahoma is already something, you know? Yes, it is. If it was called something else, city, you know, I don't know. But okay. also, uh, <laughs> excuse <sorry>. me, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Um, it's not something I have to worry about anymore because now I'm a Colombian. That's right. You're not from there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it all behind. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I need to move on. That's um, right. Okay. Speaking of moving on, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Okay. So, uh, have you ever heard of Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs? Yes, I have. So uh, I would take you through it briefly for people who don't know. But there's essentially five levels. The, the bottom level is like physiological needs the, the idea of this is like uh once you fulfill one part of this pyramid you move to the next thing and that becomes your priority and the, the first thing at the very bottom is physio physiological needs that's stuff like shelter food water you know like if you don't have that then that's the thing that's on your mind you're worried about that the most but once you have achieved that the next thing up on the list is safety needs and then once that it's love and beyond love and belonging then it's esteem, and then it's self-actualization. I can't even say that, which is why I'm bringing this up, is because this like move, moving to a new area, you know, I, I am around people that I know, but I'm, I'm living on my own for the first time. Um, you know, I've, I've moved out officially. Like, I'm never going to end up moving back in with my parents, at least I hope not. Um, and so I, I have, I am striving toward that final uh, point of the pyramid, the self-actualization, uh, realizing and, and separating myself from uh, like uh, my childhood in a way. I'm individuating. Um, and this is kind of that, this is like an almost physical and like uh, separation 
uh, to make that happen. You know, that, this is something that largely happens internally, something that you have to make a decision and actively work toward. But it becomes a lot easier when you have to do it on your own, you know, and you're off uh, trying to make it on your own, uh, supporting yourself completely, uh, which is, you know, almost a completely foreign concept to me until very recently. So, uh, um, I don't know. I've been kind of relishing this opportunity to finally define myself on my own terms and not be uh, like struck down by the expectations of my parents or of other people that are taking care of me. Um, and and you know, really kind of make myself my own person. And of course, this is not going to be a, a a simple task, nor is it ever going to be completely done. Um, but it's it's the first step in that long road toward fully becoming self-actualized that's not even right ruin that when self- you when you become self-actualized you'll be able yes. to pronounce uh, self-actualization that's right once i get to that point you'll know because i'll be able to say it <laughs> <laughs> no but i i love that you've brought this up because uh it's scary to go in the opposite direction right you're supposed to climb this pyramid uh and when you slide back down uh, it's terrifying it's genuinely terrifying yeah. to go i mean especially like it's kind of hard to think about it's kind of silly to think like oh like I don't have an apartment like I'm homeless right you're not really homeless you're gonna be fine but when you're still searching for a place to live there is that mystery that uh yeah there's there's that the lack of certainty yeah yeah exactly lack of control of your own life yes and that's it's it's uh anxiety inducing at the very least and I'm glad that you brought that up I didn't I didn't really think about the pyramid but again yeah I had I was I was at the top when I was in Oklahoma and I voluntarily did a fallen down. I swan dived off the top and uh, and landed at the bottom and and now I'm on the climb again. And uh, the hope, right? The hope is that when you when you make that climb again, is that once you're at the top again, you've reached a new peak. You've reached a higher point than you were at before. And not knowing if you're going to make it back is scary, but at the same time, You've done this before, and right. you have more experience now. So I'm. Uh, it's exciting, and it's scary, um, and that pyramid's a good way to take a look at it. It definitely is. All right, so that's it. That's moving. So wow. um, I hope that if any of our listeners are in the process of moving, that you know you're not alone. It is. Uh, it's tough, but it, good things are probably on the horizon. That's right. And. Uh, <laughs> And we're all going to get through this together. Uh, Apple chat will certainly get through this. No more delays. We're back on the regular uh, uh, schedule from here on That's out. Right. And uh, before we talk about what we're going to talk about next, we've got one last thing to do here is to deliver our rating. We're going to rate moving for work. Okay. And uh, Joey, how about you give us your rating first? I give I give moving for work. Um a, a deadbolt that you really have to jiggle to open. Oh, care <laughs> that to makes sense? care to explain? Well, I mean, like you you put the key in right, and you you try to turn it, but it doesn't turn, and then you have to like pull the door or push the door or like jiggle the lock, and eventually it does open, and then you can go through the door and, and see your beautiful apartment that's air conditioned and and uh, and all that. And the more you uh, go through this door, the easier it gets to open, and eventually it's just like your the lock at your old place. That's right, until uh, it gets hot again and the door frame expands and you get stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I give moving for work one stick of dynamite and one sprout. 
One to blow up your old life and one to plant a new. Wow. Uh, that will hopefully grow into something beautiful. So um, I'm getting mad poetic on the podcast, you are. dude. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. That's moving for work. Um, if. Uh, if you're moving for work, let us know. Tweet yeah. at us. Do something. Call us. Call us, yes. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But first, Joey, what's next on Apple Chat? Next, we are doing semi-pro. Yes. I know we promised it before, but now we're actually going to do it. Yeah, we're still... This is like a kind of a bonus. This is to get us yeah, back yeah, yeah, on yeah. track. That's right. We're going to do semi-pro. It's not part of the regular scheduled programming. That's right, because we don't actually have a regular schedule. <laughs> if work picks <laughs> up for us and we don't deliver episodes, that's just tough. None of you are paying us for this. So, um, But we are going to deliver on our weekly episodes, uh, probably. Uh, all right, so... Joey, uh, go ahead and tell them how they can contact us if they oh, so want to. We still have the Affable Chat voicemail, which you can call at 833-600-CHAT. That's 833-600-2428. Yes, call us and we will play your message on the air. Um, we are paying for this service and no one's called us yet. It's very lonely out here in the in the quiet, uh, empty voicemail box of the Affable Chat voicemail. Listen. So call us and listen Here's the deal. <laughs> you call us, it's going to be on the air. Just do it. <laughs> it's, even but, if you're just saying hi, even if you're just saying, uh, still be played, and we will talk about it. Yes, call us. You you just heard about how much of a tough time we've had with moving. Call us, you know, just call to say hey. You know, let yeah. us, uh, give us a little bit of uh, a support, you know, in this tough time. And uh, as we transition right. into our new lives, uh, call us at 833-600-CHAT. Yes, that's 833-600-2428. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave, it, leave us a review. That really helps us grow. Yes, I, rem- I hope you're remembering all these things we're telling you not to forget. Uh, you can also reach <laughs> us on Twitter at AffableChat or send us an email, AffableChat at gmail.com. And we also have a YouTube channel, uh, which has also been on a little bit of a hiatus, but will be st- starting up again very soon. There's still videos for you to check out um, if you haven't already. That's right. And I'm uh, I'm in the process of uh, building my own PC so I can play Minecraft, but I'll also use it to edit videos and uh, hopefully be able to do that faster than you I do on my You definitely have priorities laptop. in order. That's right. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode about moving for work. Uh, for Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Affable Chat. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or want to request something for us to talk about, you can reach us at our Twitter account, at Affable Chat, or our email, affablechat at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.